never, ever marks the spot. I am altering the deep. Pray I don't alter it any further. week's episode of the top five report the podcast has never been held hostage but we have been in a group text my name is drew I'll be your host for the evening along with me as always is my brother peter what's peter? happening man how are you <laughs> <Do> you <laughs> i'm doing pretty good how about yourself um it's been a crazy like i have a really crazy work week this week so it's just been like I just want to do the show because it's a fun place to be. <laughs> so I'm like, let's just sit down in front of a microphone and do a show. You know what I mean? It's been kind of going through my head a little bit this week. Like, you know, it's just been it's a really long week because I have to work extra this week. I have a I have an extra thing I got to do tomorrow night um, and then I have an extra thing I got to do on Saturday. So it's like a six day work week plus an extra thing in the middle. Like it's messed up. It's all good, though, because right. um, it's all about the extra money. Right. Um, anyway, um, I didn't get a chance to watch a lot this week, but why don't I, well, what about you? How was your week short of, you know? Yeah, my, my week's kind of the opposite. Uh, work, <laughs> work for me has been pretty slow and, uh, just trying to get into festive stuff, you know, we're almost at Halloween. Um, I, I, I think we talked about this briefly, but are you going to any parties or like even dressing up this year and stuff? That is a really great question. <laughs> um, we, I'll take that as like a TBD. <laughs> well, it's a TBD because we usually have a group of friends that we hang out with. Um, we've hang out, we've hung out with them almost every year on Halloween, and uh, we're like halfway through the Halloween month, and no one said, "Hey, <laughs> we're doing a party." Oh, so, uh, like no one's actually like made like any comments yet so that's the issue you know what i mean it's like i just don't physically know yeah the, the greatest part about halloween is like sometimes you do have a big party to go to and sometimes you're just kind of hanging out at home handing out candy and just having like a horror movie marathon and either way even if you have nothing to do it still feels right because it just still feels like halloween because you're hanging out watching horror movies and it's awesome um i asked because uh it's not super last minute, but I finally decided what I'm going to be this year. Um, my wife and I are both going to be Johnny Depp characters. So uh, I'm actually going to be Captain Jack Sparrow, <laughs> which partially has to do with uh, my facial hair, like trying to find a costume that will work with it. But uh, I'm pretty excited about it because I thought I was going to have to spend either a lot of money or a lot of time on this costume. And uh, so far, the costume has consisted of one trip to goodwill and i found literally almost every piece i need for the costume like i could not believe how well this costume has gotten to get, has come together like i found you know i got like this 
big baggy button up shirt that I'm using. Uh, I found like this like woman, this like women's uh, weird blue vest that looks surprisingly like his. Um, I found some pants that are going to do the trick. I even found a uh, bandana and wig set at the thrift store that is going to work for me. So I'm like really excited because it was like a lot less money and a lot less time. But so far, the costume looks really good. Right now, the big thing I need to figure out is what to do about my uh, boot situation, because you got to have some pirate boots. You know, I don't want to be the guy yeah. walking around in Nikes while he's dressed up as Captain Jack Sparrow. But I'm like so stoked that this costume is like really coming together. So that's pretty you know, awesome. What I think is interesting about all costume everything, I honestly feel like the shoe wear the footwear whatever yes. it is you're doing is always the hardest piece of the puzzle yes uh, i agree you know when you're a kid you're like well these aren't superhero boots but i gotta wear the stupid thing that goes over my shoes to make it look like the superhero boots <laughs> you know what i mean like it's just it's so dumb like you never whatever it is the footwear they wear the superhero wears or the comic book or the or the movie character or whatever it's never what you want it to be like you can never find it so yeah and footwear is also like usually the most expensive so i actually do have a uh a plan for my pirate boots i actually saw at spirit halloween they sell like uh fake like pirate boot bracers so it's like just kind of like the ankle leg part of the boot and uh you can just wear black shoes with that and it like mm -hmm. black dress shoes and it kind of looks right so that's probably what i'm gonna do but uh I don't know why, but as a general rule of thumb, it seems like combat boots and chucks, like con combat boots and Converse, for some reason, go with a lot of costumes. And uh, I have a pair of Converse. I don't have combat boots. And I usually pick costumes that the combat boots would be better for. So I think I got to invest in some of those. But uh, it is what it is. <laughs> uh, because I have to wear those for the day job, I could, if you want a good pair, I can give you some suggestions. <laughs> fair enough, fair enough. Especially, I was I, Especially if you want them to last a while. So, I gotcha. Awesome. Um, well, yeah, I'll, I'll let you know uh, that. You know, I'll let you know once I start work on my Punisher costume, I guess. But uh, um, I can hop into what I've been watching if you want. Yeah, go ahead. So the first thing um, is actually something you suggested, Drew, but I uh, I I started watching Con Man actually. Yes. Web series. I'm loving the series. It's <laughs> awesome. Um, the episodes are so short, but they're so infectious. Like you get really into them, and then it just ends. But it's like such a good. I don't know if the show's technically a sitcom, but I would say it has such good situational comedy where you have Alan Tudyk being this like down on his luck, um, you know, sci-fi actor who's kind of stuck doing the uh, comic convention circuit. And it's totally begrudgingly like he doesn't right. want to be <laughs> the comic con guy, but he has to be. And he gets into all these crazy situations. And the one thing I noticed, because going into the show, I was like, is this show like autobiographical? You know, is this like Alan Tudyk, like putting his actual experiences on screen? And I think it's that to an extent, but his character is such a piece of crap. Like he's such a POS individual <laughs> that I know it's not that autobiographical. Like right. I know he's like taking himself and being like, if I was a complete asshole, this could be real life. 
but I'm not. So it's not real life, if that makes sense, because I've noticed this character, so many of the situations he gets into and so much of like the bad luck instances are totally his fault because he's either has a bad attitude or he's being irresponsible and stuff. So you watch the show and you identify with him. But you also kind of think he's a a jerk, so it makes it really easy to laugh at him. And that's my favorite part is, like, it has that sort of, like, dirty, rotten, scoundrels-esque vibe to it where you can laugh at the main character. Because, like, yeah, you you appreciate what they're doing and uh, that they're there, but also you want to laugh at them because you know that the main character is an asshole, too. And uh, I've just been loving it. Um so the show is two seasons long and uh, I just started season two earlier today and I didn't even realize like I was already done with the first season. But like I said, the episodes are so quick right. and you just like through them so fast. So I'm just like, oh, OK, I'm a couple of episodes into season two right now. This and, is awesome. So <laughs> the cameos are hysterical. Like there's so yeah. th- there's so many people in this that. It's like, one, if you know your sci-fi television movie experience, like, if you know that, like, subculture, there's so many people you're going to see. But then if you know the internet subculture, there's so many people you're going to see. Um, yeah, it's it's fantastic. I'm glad you're watching it, though. I'm glad you're enjoying it so far. So, Yeah, yeah, I'm, I'm lucky. I'm, or I'm loving it so far. And, like, for me... Comedy is really suggestive and or subjective. And like for me, it's really hard for me to find a show that I vibe with this well. And I feel like I'm just finding the show so hilarious. Um, just since you mentioned the <laughs> just since you mentioned the cameos, one of the parts that made me crack up, and Drew, you talked about this episode a little bit when you reviewed the show a couple weeks ago, but there's this episode where uh uh, so Ad- Alan Tudyk's character makes an appearance at a uh, comic co- or a comic shop opening, and uh, he's kind of doing like a panel for a group of yeah. people about voice this is, acting. This is the and, rigmarole episode, right? <laughs> yeah, yeah. So the two actors that he's doing the panel with is Michael Dorn from Star Trek, who played uh, Worf, right? Yep. And then uh, you have uh, Kevin Grievous, who um, he's from like the Underworld movies, and he has he has a bunch of uh, cameo bits. And uh, it's basically a panel of two black guys and then Alan Tudyk, who's known <laughs> being the voice, voice actor for like a very, a very stereotypical, offensive black character on TV. And it's just funny because you can just see this isn't going to go over well, like as soon as it, as it starts. And it's so funny. Well, it's not only that, but he doesn't know why he's there. So he doesn't <laughs> know. <laughs> like he gets like he's literally like I'm there to talk about animation and my work in voice acting and then he gets there and they're like we want to talk about racism and voice acting and he's like oh no <laughs> yeah and then they show like the other characters that he voiced on the show and all of them are racial stereotypes but uh the part I loved about that whole sequence was they have Kevin Grievous and they have him talk about the character that he plays and I know Kevin Grievous as a voice actor. Like he, well, he played Black Beetle on uh, Young Justice, and yeah. he's one of those guys with that, like this, like huge, deep, big, booming voice, like just extremely deep and masculine. And uh, the character that they show he plays is like this. It's like this 
lovable like unicorn dragon sort of i can't remember if it was a unicorn or a dragon but it's this really cutesy lovable sort of like you know my little pony-esque character and when they showed the image of the character that he played i just burst out laughing before he said one line it was just like such a funny juxtaposition with what i knew his voice was gonna sound like so that was amazing but um i also like I also like the part in that episode. Seth Green is amazing in that episode because he's like, yeah, man, come here. He's like all friendly and everything until he gets up to be the moderator and he's like hitting him really hard with the racism thing. (laughs) (laughs) Absolutely. Um, Oh, the the only thing I was going to say is uh, so far, I do think I like the earlier episodes more than the later, but that's just because those episodes seem to focus more on like, the Comic-Con stuff and the nerd culture sure. stuff, but overall the show is just awesome. So I'm loving it so far. Yeah. Uh, I, just, I wish it would have lasted longer, but that's, you know, it, it was a web series and it was kind of, in my opinion, I think very ahead of its time. Right. So, I could say it's like a, it's like a cool hidden gem, I think at this point. Yeah. Um, the other thing that I got a chance to watch this week was the first episode of Loki. Um, have you watched this yet, Drew? Loki's I have not. I have not tapped into Loki. Part of me. So I haven't tapped into Loki for a couple reasons. One, one of my problems with the Loki season one is how physically dark it was. And I'm not talking about dark in terms of tone and dark in terms of storytelling. I'm talking about how physically I thought it was hard to see. Like... Even like I have a good TV and I'm like, I'm finding it hard to watch the show because of how like physically dark it was. I'm like, what's who did the lighting on this show? Um, The other thing that has made me uh, not jump on it yet is I'm feeling Marvel fatigue like I really am. Um, And it's not that I don't want to watch this stuff because I'm definitely there for it. My butt's going to be in a seat for whatever comes next. I just was like. I'm just feeling the Marvel, the Marvel fatigue on a specifically that subculture level. Um, And, you know, that's it's and I don't know if it's franchise fatigue like everybody else or what, but it's specifically Marvel. And I was like, okay, here we go, Loki. Let's do this. You know what I mean? But I will get to it um, and I plan on it and people are kind of raving about it, I think, a little bit. So um, it's going to get me back in the saddle for sure. Um, But, yeah, what what do you think of the first episode? Here's what I'm going to say, because I liked the first season of Loki. I didn't love it. Like, I thought it had a lot of really interesting concepts. I thought it had some really great moments. I think uh, the Marvel TV shows, in a lot of cases, move a little bit slower than I'd like. And I feel like the first season of Loki definitely had that problem. I never really thought about the lighting a lot in the first season, but I do see where you're coming from. Like, there's a lot of episodes where, like, yes, like, there's different colors on the screen that uh, distinguish like the foreground from the background and stuff like that. But there, I, I I can look back on it and realize there's a lot of moments in there in that show where there'll be entire scenes where everything's like the same color value. So like, yes, like you'll have different colors, but it all kind of feels a little washed out, all feels kind of dim. Um, So I kind of see what you're saying there. Here's the thing, though. I was so pleasantly surprised with this first episode of Loki. Um, Again, I wasn't paying attention to the lighting, but thinking back on it, I think the lighting in this first episode was actually really 
really well done. Like I looking back on it, I feel like everything feels very bright and saturated and everything like that. Um, just because I didn't know you're going to comment on that, I guess I didn't pay a ton of attention to that. But thinking back on it, I think the lighting was pretty spot on the way it was done. But this episode, I kind of expected it to be pacing wise similar to the first season. Like I thought it was going to be a little bit boring of an opening episode. And the first 10 minutes are maybe a little slow, but I'm I think it's kind of slow because I was expecting it to be slow. Like the first 10 minutes, I was like, all right, let's see what's going on here. And then it gets into the story. And this was like one of the most intense episodes of like Marvel TV I think I've ever seen. And uh, I'm admittedly not the biggest time travel person. Like, you know, I love I love Back to the Future. I love some of the mainstays of the genre, but it's not necessarily my go to favorite corner of science fiction, if that makes sense. Sure. But this episode takes some really convoluted time travel concepts, and I think it kind of like presents it in a way that anybody is going to get really into it because they present these crazy time travel concepts in a way that makes them seem very drastic and urgent and you watch the episode and even if you miss bits even if parts of it you're like i'm a little bit confused by that you're still on the edge of your seat because it really well lays out this is what these characters need to do in this instance and there's going to be a really intense sort of like time crunching sort of conflict that's going to have to get them there I don't know if the rest of the series is going to be that good, but as an opening episode for a TV show, this was so good. Like, I was so pleasantly surprised. So I'm really excited for you to watch this, Drew. And I think this is one of the cases where I think the hype for this first episode is, like, really well-deserved. I don't want to spoil too much. Uh, This is an episode where if I go in depth, you can easily spoil stuff. And there's a lot of... um, there's a lot of like really good moments that you can spoil too. Couple things I'll say is uh, Marvel's humor for a while now has kind of been wishy-washy with me. Where sometimes I think some of the MCU jokes are funny, but a lot of them fall flat. And uh, I feel like this episode was the first time in a while that I was actually laughing out loud <laughs> at some of the moments that happen. But also like. They have uh, this new character who comes in who people might know from the comics, but uh, Ouroboros is a character in this first episode, and uh, he's awesome. Like, just his character is so funny and so well done, and uh, I'm not super familiar with him from the comics level, but I have a feeling he's not really presented in a comic-accurate way, but just as, like, a really fun character... He's like one of those characters who you just fall in love with right away. And uh, I don't know. He's got a really fun sort of like he's kind of oblivious to things and very um, non-reactive to things. But it's because of his worth work ethic and how deep into like the TVA or yeah, the TVA like uh, lore and <laughs> facilitation and stuff goes. So I thought that was pretty funny too. But uh, yeah, definitely check this out, Drew. I th- I think the hype is worth it. And All right. this is a case where I'm hyping it up too much, and I don't want you to watch it and be disappointed. But I honestly was really pleasantly surprised with uh, this first episode. Yeah, no, I hear you. And like I said, I want to watch it. I just was like, it's it's the Marvel fatigue. I think is what pulled 
stopped me from jumping right away. Um, and yeah, so that's that's really more than more it than anything. Um, what else did you watch? Oh, that's about it for me this week. Oh, so. OK. Yeah. Well, I started um, I started the current season of Morning Show on Apple TV, which is great. Uh, the first two seasons were awesome. My only quibble with the first two seasons was they got really heavy. Um, it's a show about the news, essentially, and what they're what they started covering. They hit Me Too first, and then they started covering COVID. Just subject matter, just like oh my god, like it was kind of like a gut punch. And there were parts where I was like, I really want to watch this, but I need a break. <laughs> you know, um, this this current season is picking up right on the heels where everything left off, but it feels fresh. It feels like a, like more alive and like they've made references to the pandemic and all that stuff so far. And, um, they're dealing with, uh, like the, uh, Russian Ukraine war plus, uh, cancel culture. And they're covering, uh, cyber security right now because they got a cyber attack on the uh, network. So they're covering some big issues again, but it doesn't, in my opinion, it doesn't feel as heavy. Don't uh, you love how we have to be living through historical events constantly nowadays? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Yes. It's so it's so crazy the way the news cycle has been the last few years. So I'm glad the show has gotten better for you. But hearing all that, I'm also like, I don't know if I want to watch to this watch because like sometimes you go to your entertainment for escapism, you know, and uh, some yeah. of those events are so recent. It's just like, do I really want to relive that? You know what I mean? <laughs> no, I hear you. The The thing is, is that like for me, when I watch a show like that, it's just, it's not. It's not reality. It's not. Um, think about it like uh, Apollo 13. OK, yeah. that movie is a true story. We know the events of it, um, but we're kind of along for the ride of the scripted drama and watching the actors deal with the situation. This is about a fictional news network that is reporting the news. But the, the show is essentially about the people who work at the network. It's just the stories that they're covering are stuff we've already lived through or are currently living through. Do you know what I mean? That's where um, I find I just find that stuff kind of compelling. You know what I mean? I'm watching a fictional story about characters doing their thing and like being a part of this stuff. But then at the same time, it's all real at the same time. You know, um, I just think that's. Yeah, really I hear you. So um, so far. Um, yeah, um, I thought it was really cool um, and I'm enjoying it. So that's really all I was able to get through this week. I did watch um, because of the live action one piece. I've started watching the anime. Um, I am. 14, maybe 15 episodes into the anime, which Holy puts cow. you which puts you dead middle of the live action show. Um for season one of the live action show and where the live action show is cutting some of that stuff out is there. Okay. Have you ever watched dragon ball Z? Yeah. Okay. So dragon ball Z has this thing where a fight scene will last like 12 episodes because they're charging their power and not doing anything. Um, well, One Piece has every now and then they'll have like a fight scene last like two to three episodes 
And it's not because they're charging power. It's because of how they're juxtapositioning stories and stuff. They're being really smart about it, but it's making things last longer than they did in the live action show. Um, so they're covering all the bases. They're just doing it on a different scale, I guess. Um, so yeah, about I'm about 13, maybe 14 episodes into the anime, and it's that's about puts you about halfway through the live action show. Um, I still highly recommend you watch the live action show. Um, and I will say that my normal style of anime watching is not One Piece. And I say that not because One Piece isn't good, because I'm enjoying it. It's like there's a certain style of anime where they over-exaggerate emotions. And I know it's played for laughs. It's meant for the comedy. but And it's a cultural thing. And I think I think it's fantastic what they're doing. It's just not my normal cup of tea for anime. So I've been like... It's been kind of like background noise right now, but I know a lot of the story at the moment. So, oh, I got it. Because I'm not past what I already know. So, yeah, if that okay. makes sense. Well, that's cool that you're enjoying it. Um, yeah, this is a that's a daunting series to get into. So I look it forward is. to episode 600 of the top five report when you're caught up on. <laughs> Will I watch the entirety of it? I don't know. We'll see. It's just right now. It's like the live action show made inspired me to give it another go and I'm enjoying it for what it is right now. So we'll see. I also know that um, as long as the show's been around, I also can imagine the animation slowly gets better because when you look at, when you look at like original Simpsons to what Simpsons is now, the animation is like light years ahead of where it originally was, you know? So like as things progress, as technology progresses in the timeline of that show, we're probably going to see, I'm probably going to see, you know, just, just a there, thought. I could be wrong, but just a thought. There is a fight scene from a really recent episode of One Piece that I saw went pretty vi- viral on Twitter because it was uh, everybody was just talking about how great it looked. And uh, it was just a really well done piece of animation. And some people were complaining about it because it was in more of a cartoony style, like you were just saying, like One Piece is very exaggerated, very cartoony, very unique in the way its characters look. Yeah. But for something that's being cartoony, if that's your cup of tea, it really was. And I'm, I haven't watched this episode, but I did see clips of that fight scene. And it really was one of the greatest animated things I've ever seen. So I think you're right. I think it's I mean, it's anime. You know, there's going to be moments of the animation where they cut corners. But I do from what I hear, like the animation in that show just keeps getting better and better as it goes, you know. Yeah. And that's why I'm. I'm being patient. I'm giving it its due. I, I want to give it its due because I really, I really liked what the live action show was, and it made me want more. And I can't watch season two yet. So by the time season two drops for me, I'll probably be ahead of season two in terms of like knowing story stuff. So it'll be kind of like reading the book <laughs> before watching the show, kind of thing. Um, so yeah, I'm definitely still in, and I think it's I think it's gonna be a fun ride. So. Um, but yeah, let's talk about the news if you're up for it. Yeah, let's go for uh, it. All right, so news is kind of light today. We got some stuff to talk about, but it's kind of light. So first off, um, I want to clarify some stuff on the strike situation. Um, the writer's strike has ended, okay? However, the SAG um, actor strike is still ongoing. So everything is still on hold, okay? 
Um, Hollywood insiders say that the film studios will heavily bargain to have projects resumed or completed once the strike is over. Um, and I just want to clarify that because we're still on hold for a lot of things. Like, yeah, just because the writers can go back to work doesn't mean they're shooting stuff yet. So it's going to be a little, it's going to be a minute is basically what I'm saying, you know? Yeah. Um, fair enough. Yeah. All right. Let's talk about some Marvel stuff because this actually I'll, I'll hit a couple. This is a quick. Two pieces of like quick news. Apparently Seinfeld teases there's a continuation of the show Seinfeld. Um, He was asked about the controversial series finale. Did you ever see the series finale of Seinfeld? No, I actually haven't. I haven't watched a ton of Seinfeld, admittedly, but um, the series like I enjoyed some episodes. There, I just never watched the series finale. You know what? It's like twenty plus years old. Um, the series finale. Um, <laughs> oh, I'm totally gonna spoil it. They all get arrested and go to jail. That's how the show ends. Not gonna lie, that's how the show ends. Um, and um, he was asked about the controversial ending in an interview, and he said, "I have a little secret for you about the ending, but I can't really tell it because it's a secret." And then in the conversation he alluded to the idea of a reunion um makes you wonder if they plotted it out they get out of jail real time <laughs> you know what i mean for a reunion show I, I that's have, great i have no idea but that sounds like something that they could do <laughs> you know um that's awesome all right uh toys r us you remember when that closed you're Pot, your silence is makes me wonder oh, you I, what I'm talking about. You remember Toys R Us closing, right? <laughs> yeah, can you hear me? Yeah, I can hear you. You there? Oh, no, no, I, I said I could remember it. Sorry, oh. I don't know what happened. <laughs> oh, yeah, no, we had a little bit of a glitch. My bad. We'll fix okay. that in post. It's fine. No, uh, of course I remember Toys R Us. <laughs> okay. Uh, so Toys R Us has been closed for six years now, which I thought it was, um, I thought it was longer. longer than that. Yeah, it sure yeah. does feel like it was longer than that. So six years after Toys R Us going bankrupt, they're going to be opening 24 stores. Uh, this story broke on CNN. 24 stores across the U.S. will include uh, stores at airports on and on cruise ships and whatnot. Um, but they will be opening um, some stores back up. So I think that's going to be interesting. I kind of want to go check out what a Toys R Us in 2023 would look like. Would they go to the classic look or is this going to be something completely different? So. Yeah, th this is this is great news. It's uh, you know, I haven't had the need to go to a Toys R Us for a long time, but it's one of those uh, it's one of those cultural institutions as seriously or as silly as it sounds like the world just doesn't feel right if Toys R Us isn't there. You know what I mean? <laughs> yeah. Um, all right. Let's talk about some DC. The majority of the news tonight is Marvel related, but let's talk about some DC stuff. Um Apparently, 100% all of the actors of the previous uh, DCEU or the Snyderverse era are not returning to reprise their role. I know James Gunn pointed out a couple, but I'm specifically referring to the Justice League characters. None of them are returning for the James Gunn DC universe, um, which makes me concerned for the Aquaman box office if this is the last Aquaman movie we're getting. Right. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, I have a feeling people are really not going to care about this movie because. Why? <laughs> you know, um, 
We'll see, though, because James Gunn could probably be like, well, we still need to have an Aquaman, and then they have doing their own thing with a different actor. But in the in the wake of this, Jason Momoa is reportedly actually in co- talks to play Lobo for Superman Legacy and possibly his own solo film as Lobo. Lobo. <laughs> That's um, great. Um, yeah, I don't know. Great. We both said that he should be Lobo. We both talked about this, like, months ago. Um so, yeah, I'm totally down for this, but it does make me go, hmm, all right, I can see where this is going. You know what I mean? Like, but I think I still think they're in safe hands with James Gunn. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, it's he's he's a great it's he's just really good casting for Lobo. Like he practically looks like Lobo without even being in the costume. It's just it is one of those things where it's like, how is Aquaman going to do and uh it kind of sucks that people won't go see a movie if they know sequels aren't coming like that's kind of weird to me because i still want to see every superhero movie you know i I don't want to skip things just because i know that the series is going to end or something like that but um yeah i don't i don't i don't know it's it's a it's just a weird situation um i guess what i'm just trying to be excited about the new DC news, even though a lot of these announcements really sting because, you know, we really liked a lot of these DC EU actors and, you know, it's going to be, it's going to be hard to uh, let some of that go, I think. Yeah. And uh, yeah, I, it, I think, yeah, I'm totally with you. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, it's hard to add on to what you said because you kind of put it so perfectly. Um, oh, okay. Um. Fantastic Four director says that the new Fantastic Four film will be unlike anything we've seen before at Marvel. Um, I I find it hard to report on a story like this because I don't know what that means when you like put that into context. A, yeah. I, don't, I don't know what that means. B, he can't tell us anything. So I find stuff like that a weird story for anyone to post on the internet but apparently the new fantastic four film will be unlike anything we have ever seen marvel do um and we've seen marvel do a ton of stuff and as long as they're putting the comic book on the screen like we want it to be and maybe actually put galactus on screen the way we want it to be i think we're in good hands (laughs) so that's me yeah i don't i don't know what to think about this Marvel's like given us a lot of really large scale and esoteric imagery when it comes to, you know, you have the quantum realm, you have celestials, you have a lot of really bizarre stuff they've put on screen. And so like the idea that like the Fantastic Four is show show us something that's nothing like we've ever seen before. It's kind of like, well, where do you go with it that they haven't shown us yet? And (laughs) The only place my brain goes is like, is this movie going to be more like pop art style? Like, is this going to be like a modern day, like Batman 66? Like, are we going to have like crazy colored filters over everything and like panel work on the screen? And yeah, what are they going to do that's so different? And uh, yeah, I don't know if this is like, you know, if this is just something he's saying that's not true or if this movie is actually going to just be really weird and something like we haven't seen. <laughs> I don't really know. Yeah. yeah. Um, well, 
Um, we'll see what happens with Fantastic Four, but we're also going to see what happens with Deadpool 3. That's probably the one I'm the most excited for right now. Like, really, I'm so excited for Deadpool 3. But uh, Disney says, despite the strike, they are staying committed to the scheduled release of May 3rd, 2024. Um, They did get a lot shot before the strike happened, so there's a good chance... There's a good chance that they're working on posts of things that they have shot already to help that machine move. Um, I just hope that it pans out because with the writers back in place, once the actors can go back to work, I'd like to think that Ryan Reynolds is going to be like, get the actors on set, the writers on set with us so we can uh, tweak this to the fullest extent, you know? Yeah. Uh, Just like they did the first two. So, um, yeah, there's holding to that date. Um, this one has me a little concerned and this is on a, this is on a specific level. Um, Aubrey Plaza is going to be in Agatha Harkness, uh, show on Disney plus. Um, that was confirmed a long time ago. Um, I really like Aubrey Plaza. That's not the concerning part. I think she's fantastic. Uh, I think she's a really funny actress. Um, I loved her in Parks and Rec, uh, Mike and Dave need wedding dates. Uh, some of the other things that she's done. Uh, Dirty Grandpa and stuff. I think she's a great actress. Uh, she was in White Lotus season two. She was awesome in that. I think she's really talented. That's not the issue. The issue is that she is playing a new character um, in the MCU. Um, she'll be uh, okay. So Marvel uh, will be play Rio Vital, Rio Vital, an original character in the upcoming series. Okay. The I the issue I have a problem here is that the movies and television shows should not be informing the comics. The comics should be informing the movies and television shows. And that goes for DC as well. And I know you can throw Harley Quinn in my face. Um, That is a special circumstance, I think. Because they literally just, I think they created a henchman for the Joker and they didn't expect it to pan out the way it did. Um, Because these companies have always been in the game of the comic books need to inform what we put on the screen because we want people to still buy comic books. Does that make sense? Yeah. Yeah. So having her be an original character, I have no problem with. But I still feel like that character needs to be reflected in the comics because that's how it should be, because the comic book should be informing the other medium. We don't want the TV show to be the source material for what the comic books are doing. That's my point. Yeah, it's uh, it's an interesting thing to talk about. I don't know. uh, Yeah, I don't know how to feel about this, like. We're how many movies and series deep into the MCU? I feel like it was going to be inevitable that there's like there's certain places where they need to create characters. But I do hear what you mean. Like you're talking about Marvel is a universe with just thousands and thousands of characters they could pull from. So why even invent a new character? And it's going to be really interesting to see what role she plays in the series. Um I'm sure the MCU's done this. Like, um, I'm trying to think. Like, was a- Agent Coulson was never in the comics, right, before he was on screen? No, I think he was kind of his... I, I think I'm with you on that one. Um, yeah. So, so it, it could be something like that where 
like Agent Coulson became like a fan favorite. Um, the only other like case that I feel like is kind of similar is um, uh, Zendaya playing uh, MJ in uh, the uh, Spider-Man movies for the yeah. MCU and how like, OK, MJ, like Mary Jane, but she's not really Mary Jane. She's kind of like a completely different take. And I mean, you could argue like not even the same character, even though she plays the same role in certain ways. So. Yeah, I don't know. This will be interesting to see how this plays out, you know? Yeah. Um, and, yeah, we're just going to have to wait and see more than anything. But um, I just thought it was interesting that it's new. So, um, all right, here's the alarming Marvel news. Uh, Marvel is going is firing all the writers on writers and directors for Daredevil uh, Reborn Again. I saw this. Yeah, they fired everybody. Marvel has let go all the writers and directors of Daredevil Born Again. The series will get an entire creative overhaul as Marvel execs, including Kevin Feige, reportedly reviewed the footage filmed so far and decided the show wasn't working. Now, I read into this a little bit more. So if you look at the Netflix series um, that we already got, it was a very violent show. Uh, on that rated R level and what Disney plus was trying to do is make it more of the lawyer show lawyer first um, hero later. Um, and that's, and they decided that wasn't the way to go. Um, it doesn't line up with the way the Netflix one did in terms of tone. So they're, <laughs> yeah. Um, well, I don't know if his appearance in uh, she Hulk lined up with the Netflix show in, you know, the way of tone either. So I, I agree with you. However, you know, that's basically the deal here. Um, yeah. So we'll see what happens with Daredevil. I was actually really excited for the Daredevil show. Um, but hey, we'll, we'll get there. Um, Marvel Studios has made some other big changes following internal criticism on their Disney Plus show. So not only do they fire all the writers um, on Daredevil Born Again, and they're going to start over from scratch. They will also now focus on hiring showrunners that write plots and TV and show Bibles so or pilots and show Bibles. So they're going to be writing for larger scale than just limited series stuff because they want to they want to prioritize multi-season television as opposed to let's do one episode of Wanda and then one episode of Falcon and Winter Soldier and then. And have a season of Loki and see how it does. And, oh, we'll do another season of Loki. But we still have these single season things. Um, that's what they want. It sounds like that's what they want to get away with. What I think is funny about it is you have the Warner execs saying, we need DC to be Marvel. And everyone's saying, no, don't do that. Um, where the one thing DC has done for years so well has been their television division with the Arrowverse. And I yes. feel like Marvel is looking at them going, we need our Arrowverse. <laughs> um, so I feel like the page is flipped just a little bit. I just think that's kind of funny. But we'll see how this plans out. Um, I'm down for the uh, multiple, um, the multi-season stuff. Um, and hopefully they can get Daredevil that ship righted. So. Yeah, it makes me wonder if they should take some of the... Uh... <laughs> try to hire some of the Arrowverse writers. <laughs> but uh, no, it, it's interesting. I didn't really know that uh, that whole story makes it sound like the writers were focusing on the stuff like one season at a time. And uh, 
I never was left with that impression, but uh, if that's the case, like it makes sense that like they got to pay attention to the bigger picture and stuff. And uh, I know every company kind of works different. So maybe, you know, Disney's like television division isn't, I don't know. I don't want to say isn't equipped to handle like the kind of stories they want to tell, but it sounds like they're doing some uh, refurbishing, if you will. (laughs) I think what's happening is they're just, they're tackling it from different perspectives. I really do. And um, like they, like you have a, it's, it's the idea that it's what I was saying before is like when DC was like, when we knew the Warner brothers executives were trying to make DC like Marvel I feel like I was one of the people sitting here saying, well, you're not. So stop trying to be. You know, yeah. don't don't try and be that because that's not what you are. Um, you know, be your own thing. And there's nothing wrong with trying to do it a specific way and try and tell a specific story. And if you were paying attention to what the Snyderverse was doing, if you didn't like the Snyderverse, you didn't like the Snyderverse. But if you were paying attention to what was going on, it was very clear what they were trying to do with the Snyderverse. And I thought it was a, I thought it was great, you know, so it, and it was different. It felt different and it needed to. So I hope it's not, hey, they did it right. Let's go copy. And hey, we're going to go copy over here. You know, right. that's that's not what we want. Anyway, let's talk about one more news story tonight and then we'll talk about tonight's list. Peter, do you have a ring camera on your house? Um, <laughs> uh, no, I actually don't currently, but I know about them. So, <laughs> you know about ring cameras? Yeah. <laughs> okay. You know about the story I'm going to talk about? No. <laughs> okay. I have a ring camera on my house and I enjoy it. I like being not at home and it telling me when someone's at my door and I can see who's there. Oh, Amazon dropped off a package. Great. Or, you know what I mean? Like whatever the case may be. Um, Ring is offering customers $1 million if they capture footage of extraterrestrials. <laughs> oh, geez. <laughs> okay. First off, my first response to this was, okay, how many fake videos are they about to get for people who are going to stage Ring camera videos? The next thought I had was, who wants to shoot a movie with a Ring camera? <laughs> <laughs> because, that is, because that is total found footage and you could do some cool and you could probably do some really cool stuff and third <laughs> and third this has to be um uh so from what i was reading at the article the footage has to be true alien footage <laughs> and i don't know how you verify that i really exactly. don't. But but you get one million dollars if you can capture footage of extraterrestrials. Well, I mean, that's great. Um, (laughs) I like how you are like half don't know what to say about this. And it's awesome. (laughs) I I think it's a great contest. It's hilarious. But it's also like, how do you how do you verify if it's a real alien? And like the only I mean, you could kidnap an extraterrestrial and film it and who knows they might say like oh no you can tell this is fake because blah 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 so i don't know (laughs) sounds like a a, you know marketing ploy but uh it is pretty funny and uh it will be funny to see if anything does come from this yeah it will be and i hope it gets released online so we can all see it and i think it'd be amazing however those people who think to themselves let's go shoot a movie with our ring cameras and do something crazy in front of it 
I want to see those videos too. So. Yeah, yeah but is, is ring camera found footage going to be a genre now? Like, are we going to have like a found footage, like ring camera horror movie coming out soon? Well, <laughs> which I, I do, I do always appreciate the concept of like limitations breed creativity, but like, I also don't know if I can sit through two hours of ring camera footage. So <laughs> I want to see no, how that plays. But if you do it right, and don't make it two straight hours of ring camera footage, you could probably do some really cool things. Um, and it makes me think of Scream 4 specifically because they talked about the found footage style horror film. Um, that was the heavy part of it because they were talking about how people don't get scared because they were because Scream 4 came out in the wake of like paranormal activities and stuff where people were talking about the found footage uh, cameras capturing all this stuff. And then. Yeah scream four joked about it and that was the basis for that killer um so just the thought just you know things going through my mind anyway um, right on <laughs> but yeah all right let's talk about tonight's list does that sound good to you yeah let's go for it all right um we're gonna talk about we're gonna roll the thing and we'll be right back for the top five all right peter uh this was your pick so why don't you explain what we're talking about tonight yeah um so this week we are talking about our dream home movie theater systems um or yeah just home movie theaters basically like if you had an unlimited budget as far as like housing, as far as facilities, as far as decorations, what are the dream home theaters that you would do? And I was thinking about this list specifically with um, like themes in mind. And uh, for me, like a big thing that comes to mind is uh, there's an episode of uh, Comic Book Men where uh, the crew from the comic book store is invited to um, one of their customer. I think it was one of their customers or a local fan or whatever, but they're invited into this guy's house to see his batman collection and uh they show up at the guy's house and they go in and uh they can't find figure out where the guy is but they find a uh <laughs> a walkie-talkie like on his couch or on his coffee table or whatever and the guy starts talking to them through the walkie-talkie and they have to follow this person's instructions into his basement and when they get into his basement he's got this amazing batman collection he's got like a ton of comics graphic novels statues just like amazing memorabilia but of course he has that sort of like hidden doorway in the bookshelf and uh you go through the doorway and it reveals an even bigger part of his collection and a big part of when they opened the doorway was besides the fact that it looked like a bat cave and it had like, like a christian bale replica bat suit uh standing there and stuff it had a home theater like it was this giant Batman themed home theater and it was amazing. And uh, I actually saw recently there was somebody had a uh, Star Wars home theater that was pretty similar that went viral. And I just thought it'd be cool. Like if I had an unlimited budget, what are the home theaters that I would set up for myself? So that's kind of what I had in mind for this list. So uh, I don't know, uh, Drew, if you have any thoughts about this one. Well, this is. It's funny. It's so okay. First off, I have zero honorable mentions. Um, the, <laughs> okay. hard part, the hard part was that I okay. The theme I think was the hard part for me doing this because 
This, you know how guys will hit that midlife crisis and they buy like a Corvette or a Porsche? Yeah. Um, this is my midlife crisis. I have always wanted a home theater, but I've always wanted it to be like a legitimate theater in my house. Um, that's been my, that's just, I've, that's what I've wanted my whole life. And whether I get that or not, it's kind of irrelevant. It's just, that's, you know, um, something I've always wanted. So it was very easy to like write down something specific that I wanted. But then when I got to themes, I was like, oh man, what am I going to do here? And that's where I found the list hard. Otherwise, yeah, this, we can, we can definitely talk about this list. So, um, yeah, I thought that. I thought the themes was pretty hard too, but it was kind of just hard to uh, narrow down the list. Like what are your actually actual like top five ones? And uh, to me, it was like pretty easy to think of like a top three, <laughs> but past that, it was hard to narrow things down. Um, uh, I do have two honorable mentions though. So <laughs> I okay. guess I'm going first. <laughs> yeah, you're definitely going first. So I don't know how you made honorable mentions out of this, but go ahead. Yeah, so my first one uh, is pretty simple, but I thought it'd be cool to have a uh, home theater that was uh, decorated and uh, makes you feel like you're in the uh, Turtles sewer lair from uh, Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles. Um, and this would be cool, too, if it was done as a basement, you know, like you go down the steps to the basement and it's kind of set up to be this like dingy in appearance sewer layer but obviously it's going to be cozy and like a really cool place to hang out but this is something since like i want to say grade school but really it's like since preschool watching the ninja turtles on tv and stuff like everybody wanted to hang out in the sewer with the turtles and everything and uh, i just think it'd be really cool like you could have like a really sweet hangout space and you could of course fill it with turtles memorabilia but overall i would want it to have the appearance of uh i i would want it to feel like the 90s live action turtle movies like i would want it to feel realistic but it would be cool to have a lot of that like comic book and cartoon um uh, memorabilia sprinkled in throughout that but i just thought this one would be pretty cool so uh that's my first one that i went with okay um, and then my second, <laughs> my second one, I kept vague. This is a pick that should be higher on my list. And I had so much trouble narrowing it down to what I would actually do, but I would want okay. a star Wars themed, uh, home movie theater. Cause star Wars is amazing. I think it's one of the, the greatest movie franchises of all time. And when it comes to a movie theater, like, a home movie theater, I feel like having that sort of like having it themed over like a uh, monolith in um, motion picture history like Star Wars. I think it fits so perfectly. And it was just trying to think of like what would be the best Star Wars location to theme your theater around. And uh, there's part of me like, would it be cool to have like a theater that looks like the Emperor's throne room? Would I want one that looks like Jabba's palace? Would we would I want one that looks like the cantina? It was really hard to narrow things down. Um, if you Google this, there's actually a lot of people who have Star Wars home theaters, and there's a couple of them that kind of uh, make the theater look like you're sitting in like a room of the death star. And I think that's one, that's one of the aesthetics that I thought worked really well because it's so like instantly recognizable. It makes it feel like you're in space. Like you don't feel like you're 
you know, you feel like you're somewhere else than, uh, you know, Earth. So that's awesome. Um, but then I'm also like, if you have a Death Star, <laughs> if you have a Death Star themed Star Wars theater, it's going to look kind of weird if you have your lights, you know, your Jedi lightsabers displayed on the wall. So I was really coming to a catch 22 with this one. But all in all, I really would want that Star Wars themed home theater really bad. I just haven't narrowed it down yet. You know what I mean? No, I I hear you. And Star Wars would be a hard one because you're specifically talking about themes. Do you want it to be rebel based versus imperial based? Do you want it yes. to be off centric? Do you want it to be Cloud City looking? Do you want it to have like that sterile look of the Death Star? Do you want it to have um, like forest esque Endor with the theater kind of stuck between the trees, like the the screen hung up between the trees and Ewoks around? You know, who knows? I was, oh, I was even thinking a cool one would be like a Death Star trench themed theater where it feels like you sit in your chairs and you feel like you're in an x-wing like going down the trench like the walls look like the death star trench and the screens in front oh, of you the exterior of the death star yeah 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 i thought that could be an interesting one too so yeah well I, yeah i see what you mean star wars is hard <laughs> <laughs> for sure <laughs> um all right so my first actual pick then I'm going to go with what I'm referring to as fantasy. And I say that meaning this is like the least favorite of my picks because I'm kind of all over the place with it. And I think um, fantasy in the sense of like Game of Thrones, medieval times, Dungeons and Dragons, that kind of stuff. Um, and like, you know, the brick medieval times castle walls with the torches and stuff. And you could even have like... Um, now, when I say a game room, I don't mean like gamers and like playing Dungeons and Dragons or video games. I'm talking about a uh, hunting game, okay? So like you could have heads of like creatures you killed. Like there could be a dragon head mounted on the wall or like a beholder mounted on the wall or like, you know what I mean? Like that kind of stuff. That could be really kind of cool just for the sake of like, hey, check it. You know, like the way people have deer heads and stuff. Yeah. Um, the, uh, but you know, you could have like your your bar um, would be designed to look like a tavern, um, like a tavern bar from yeah. like Game of Thrones or Dungeons and Dragons. And then you have like the flagons of ale and all that stuff. You have the barrels behind or whatever, even if it's fake barrels to just give you the, the illusion of that kind of a bar. And then, you know, the screen over there somewhere like by the fireplace with like, you know, I just think that'd be kind of cool. I don't know. That's the, my least favorite because I don't know how I would do the seating. But. The idea of yeah. having the idea of having a room like that that you could party in and eventually go down and like you know watch a movie. No, that's a really cool idea. Um, yeah, I, I like it. I, I understand what you mean. Like nailing down all the specifics is a little bit hard, but I do think that's like a really cool uh, concept for a room. So for yeah. a theater. <laughs> yeah. All right, man. Uh, what's your first actual pick? Yeah. So. Um, I guess I'll keep the fantasy train going, uh, but <laughs> uh, no pun intended, because I actually went with uh, Harry Potter, which uh, I think is kind of funny just because of the Hogwarts Express. Like, as soon as I said fantasy train, that's where my mind went. But it'd be cool to have a piece of uh, Harry Potter or a Harry Potter home theater. And uh, a big reason why I picked this one is because when I was putting my list together, I kept going back to that comic book man episode and how that. Batman fan had his home theater 
inside of the bookcase. Like, I think he, he even had the sort of um, Adam West Batman esque thing where you have the statue that you flip over the head and there's the red button that opens the bookcase and then you go into the Batcave. And I think like the entrance to a home theater is like could be just as important as going into the theater itself. And that's why I thought it'd be cool to do a Harry Potter themed one, because you could make the entrance uh, platform nine and three quarters at King's Cross mm. Station. And that's the the hidden platform that only the wizards know about where you can walk through the wall and into this like secret platform to get on the Hogwarts Express and go to the school. And you could do that. You could have like a brick wall with the sign like nine and three quarters and some sort of hidden door, whether it's like the wall will swivel and let you through. It doesn't really matter, but just conceptually, it's such a cool idea. And then once you go into the room, I think it would just be really badass to have it look like Hogwarts and have it look like the movie where you're walking into this medieval bat uh, castle. And like on the walls, you could have like all of the, uh, Hogwarts, Hogwarts house uh, banners hanging and you could have elements like the uh, somehow concoct like the floating ha uh, candles from the Great Hall. Like you could have like little candle lights hanging on strings that would float above you. And I think it would be cool to have you walk in and you feel like you're in Hogwarts, but then you take a left turn and you get to your seats and it you could do a cool transition where. I, it would be hard to get this to work smoothly, but where you feel like you walk into cat, uh, into Hogwarts and then as you get to in, into your seat, the way the decorations are set up, it kind of has a transition where you feel like by the time you're in your seat, you feel like you're watching a Quidditch match. So maybe the seats are kind of like Quidditch bleachers and uh, the screen is kind of looks like you're you know, watching one of the Quidditch matches from the stands, like maybe it has a similar rail in front of it and stuff. And I don't know how exactly you would do it. Maybe there'd be like a mural painted on the wall and it transitions from looking like the Hogwarts bricks. And then uh, maybe it looks like there's an opening, like you're, uh, you're on a big balcony watching the Quidditch match or something like that. But Harry Potter's cool because this is a book series that then went to the most to the movies and i think um this is another one where you can have a lot of cool movie memorabilia because that's another aspect of this list that i wanted to pay attention to is like picking really cool movie memorabilia to include as well so i know i've been going on and on with this one so i could probably leave it at that unless you have any comments drew but uh yeah harry potter <laughs> well so harry potter so i've never been i'll freak out but i've never been a big harry potter fan like i know i've talked about it before but yeah a themed like i would love to go to the park i think it'd be really cool to check it out down in universal but at yeah. the same time going to a harry potter themed like movie theater that'd be really cool to check out and see how they decked it out i know enough about harry potter to like appreciate that level of decor yeah. and you know attention to detail and that kind of thing so i'm with you right um, on, that sounds right. awesome um, all right, so my next one, um, this one is Star Trek. Now, this awesome. is um, specifically the Star Trek Next Generation Bridge. Great. That thing is legitimately designed to sit and watch a movie. Like, yes, <laughs> like you like I'm not kidding. Like they're like they have a big screen in front of them. 
like, show me the ship, show me this, show me that, whatever. Like, you're telling the screen what you need to see and the bridge, and you literally have your captain's chairs, and you have everyone sitting around and that kind of stuff. Like, the bridge itself, that's the theme. That's the whole theater. Um, It doesn't seat a lot of people, but the next generation bridge. This is such a fun idea. I think uh, I actually almost picked... um, I almost picked this for my list. Like, I almost put it as an honorable mention. And I think I'm just not a big enough Star Trek fan to actually go with this one. But it's such a good call. Because, like you said, it's set up. It's perfect. You have a giant screen in front of you that you could play movies on. And uh, it's so recognizable. Every time somebody walked into that thing, they're going to have a smile on, on their face. And it also, like... I think it's a pretty funny concept and I didn't really think about this till just now, but if you do set it up exactly like the bridge and you have everybody's seats and everything, it could be a pretty fun thing when you invite like your friends over and you all are just joking around and have a couple drinks and then you go to watch, (laughs) watch a movie. And then the jokes could persist because, you know, one of your friends gets to be the captain and then (laughs) other friend gets like some crappy seat they don't like and you can make fun of each other for which characters uh you get and i think it's like a really fun idea in general you know what i mean yeah um but yeah so star trek that was my thinking so nice good call yeah all right man what do you got okay so i'll probably go with my weirdest pick um i I don't know what to call this one but i think it'd be I mean, I wrote down Cartoonapalooza, but that's just kind of a joke name. I would like to have a home theater that's centered around just cartoons in general, just animated characters. And I think it would just be cool to, like, walk into your home theater and there being, like, murals on the wall and have, like, statues and toys and kind of set it up in a really classic or a classy sort of like classic Hollywood sort of way, like maybe with a motif similar to like a who framed Roger Rabbit or sort of, or something like that. But mm-hmm. I just love animation so much. I just thought it'd be cool to have like a cartoon themed room in general. So this isn't like a specific franchise, but I just thought it would be cool to have that home theater that showcases all your favorite animated characters. And uh, one of the so... cool aspects, so on the big spreadsheet that we write here, so I can ref- reference back to this, what do you want me to put down? <laughs> I mean, you could just put, like, uh, cartoons or something like that in general. Saturday, Saturday morning cartoons. I mean, you could go with that, but, yeah, sure. <laughs> I kind of saw it as an like, all I say that because you're going for a theme, right? And, the like, we, you know, Saturday morning cartoons is just something we're fond of. And, like, ultimately you're talking about cartoons, but... You know, that's probably what a lot of people would think of, like walking into a theater like that. So I I guess you could also go Looney Tunes because I was thinking the screen could be surrounded by the sort of, you know, when you first start watching a Looney Tunes episode and it has the Warner Brothers symbol come up and it has those like, I don't even know what to call them, but the circles around it. And then, you know, you have like Bugs Bunny or uh, Porky Pig pop out you know and and kind of announce the episode and it has that it has that sort of like circle motif around them does that make sense yeah absolutely. okay so it's hard to explain it's hard to put into words what that, that is but that's what i was thinking could be around mary the melodies sure like yeah the mary melodies like opening screen that could be around like the screen in your theater and i just thought that concept was so cool 
but then when you look around at the walls like you're still seeing like murals of like just like tons of cartoon characters and you kind of just feel like you're watching you know your favorite movies with all your favorite friends but i also think it would be cool to do it on a level where it feels very classic hollywood in that sort of roger rabbit sense where you it's acknowledging that like these classic cartoon characters are like a big piece of uh hollywood history if that makes sense so yeah i'm with you all right so my next one is star wars and this is a all-encompassing theme where you said you were having trouble what do i focus on what do i base my prowess on you know like i'm gonna do the death star or whatever well i mean in all seriousness let's the hallway walking in those should be death star walls you know what i mean like but it should be all encompassing in the sense that like you have a little bit of little bit all over the place there should be a wall with like lightsabers displayed maybe they're hanging behind the bar that you have in the room maybe they're um maybe you have like all the posters up like um around the theater itself you have every poster for every movie maybe the shows you have like the shelf where they all you have all your hard copies set up you have all your star wars memorabilia down there including any action figure maquette piece of artwork you've purchased all kinds of stuff like you could do all kinds of things down there you could have a life-size r2d2 in the corner you could literally um like if you're one of those guys who like heavily collects and tries to get the props from the films and stuff, you could have the glass case. You could have your glass case with like vintage action figures in it and stuff. I just think like you do. I'm gonna I'm gonna do a Star Wars room, and I'm gonna throw a giant screen and chairs. <laughs> you know right. what I mean? Like essentially, you're building a Star Wars man cave, but you're putting a theater in the room. Yeah, that'd be awesome. That's how, that's how I that's how I'm viewing it because. It's just that's I think about it going, you know, it's the if you were to see the inside of the podcast studio, I have some Star Wars stuff on the walls, but encompassing like along the edge of the uh, the room itself, like up by the ceiling. I set a set. I have a set of shelves that goes all the way around the ceiling of the room um, and on it is literally Star Wars action figures just lined up. Um, most of them are the black series, but it's just all Star Wars action figures because I just was like, where else could I put these? And it's just an awesome place to put them. So I just, it, to me would be as much Star Wars stuff as I could jam into the room. And then, Hey, I have it set up really well for watching movies and watching Star Wars, for example. So, yeah, that's, that's great. I did kind of think of the all encompassing Star Wars concept. And I think it is really cool. And when we're talking about like, unlimited budget like besides all the collectibles and stuff like you could be hiring like uh mural artists and stuff and you could have like even just the walls of the room could be painted like different era areas of the star wars universe and you can have like you have one corner of the room that's kind of like the tatooine uh, corner that has a lot of your events and characters from tatooine and you know there's like a couple pod racers that are kind of like leaving that edge of the of the uh the room and going into like another section that's like Endor or Coruscant or you know any Star yeah. Wars location could fill it with so many ideas. So I did kind of think of this and I do think it's a great idea. So probably should have made my list but uh yeah oh, great well, I was call just with- like instead of being so focused on the idea of the a specific theme do everything and try and encompass as much of it as possible because of how big it is. So yeah, right on. All right man. Um, 
What do you got for me? Yeah, so um yeah, so trying to think of which one to do next. Um another kind of all-encompassing one. Um I thought it would be cool to do like a generic horror setup for a room and uh when I say generic originally I thought set it up like a graveyard, like have like a really cool horror graveyard and uh the reason that I want to do generic is because I want to include like all my favorite horror characters. So you have like the classic universal monsters, you have some zombies coming out of the graves and stuff like that. You have some of the newer characters, you have your Freddy, your Jason, maybe you even have like the characters from the ring or the grudge, you know, you have jigsaw like popping out of a corner. But then I started thinking of it and as like as cool as a graveyard is. And as much as I like zombie movies and that sort of like zombie aesthetic, you know, the dead rising from the graves and stuff. I think I might actually go with more of a gothic castle look for this thing. Go with like a Dracula's castle look. And the only reason for that is because it's kind of morbid to have your home theater like have a fake graveyard in your house. Like it's cool in concept, but at the same time, it's like, well, you know, I have this big room that's celebrating death, you know, (laughs) and the gothic castle seemed a little bit more fantastical to me, which made it seem a little bit more um, accessible in a way and a little less uh, morbid. So I think that'd be cool to have like your gothic castle and you can still have the classic universal characters, but I wouldn't be too strict with it. Like, you know, have it be look like Frankenstein or I mean, uh, Dracula's castle, but have like Freddy Krueger popping out of a corner, you know, have some of these newer characters too, you know, maybe the Babadook is hanging down from the ceiling in like a really creepy corner. Um, but in general, I love that sort of classic uh, gothic sort of architecture, especially when presented in that creepy horror way. And uh when it comes to horror movies, it's really hard to nail down like, well, I just want a home theater that's just centered around like it, like just centered around Pennywise. That's all I want. No, like when it comes to horror, usually you want a huge group of like all your favorite villains to be showcased, you know? So that's what I was thinking with this one. You want that. But I mean, like the cool thing is you can literally have like, maybe sitting over in the corner it looks like the kids play area and you could have annabelle jigsaw chucky like just <laughs> hanging like i wasn't even thinking that far but that's <laughs> <crazy>. <laughs> like um did you ever okay so which um it was which these it was the flash yeah it was the flash there's a scene where Barry, um, where there's a little, like, kids play, like, area for, like, a, it was sitting kind of in the corner of the room, and Annabelle, the doll, is sitting at the table. Like, it's a, it's like a Warner Brothers Easter egg. Um, and I thought that was kind of funny. So that's just where my brain pulled that from. I just, I, for some reason, I'm drawing a blanket, which scene it was, but I remember seeing it in the background. I was like, oh, hey, there's Annabelle. I don't know why that's in this movie, but whatever. Like, you know. Yeah, uh, it's, it's pretty early on but um I also think on, that, I just yeah I think Annabelle is in um Aquaman as well um cuz I think uh I think Annabelle was like at the bottom of the ocean in one of the scenes in the first Aquaman and it's like a James Wan thing like James Wan just puts Annabelle into like the background of all of his movies and uh huh. for the Flash he didn't direct the Flash but I think he might have been a producer <laughs> 
So maybe he was just like, got Andy Muschietti on that, like on board with that. Like we're going to throw Annabelle in here somewhere. So yeah, that's kind of interesting if that's a, if that's a thing James Wan does, but at the same time, it makes me wonder where else Annabelle's popped up in the DC films. Just saying. I think um, it's going to be Aquaman too. So probably. it's probably going to be those three movies. I don't know if, if she's in there anywhere else, but uh, <laughs> that'll be interesting to look for. So, <laughs> um, All right. So speaking of DC, uh, my next one is the Batcave. Let's be real. I want to like, I in my mind, you could totally make the screen look like the Bat computer, but I wouldn't want it to be like that. Um, I would want to like walk down, have the Bat computer off to one side. I would want not just the Bat I wouldn't want just the bat suit in the case because that's cool. I'd want it more Batman Beyond style where you have Batman, Nightwing, Robin, Batgirl, Batman Beyond at the end. That's, oh, of course. That that's the case you'd want to have because you'd have like all of them in there. Like it's the it's the history of everything. You have a big computer in the back, but what would be cool is if like the back wall of the theater is the bat computer itself, which is technically the sound system controls, the Blu-ray player, like all that stuff that yeah. runs the, that runs the theater. Um, you do your stadium seating and everything for sure. Um, but then like the walls themselves have to be that like fake rock kind of like material. So you literally have like legit like a, it looks like a cave. Um, you could have like a cool. I've seen these before, but one of those like in-depth, those like depth percepted like pictures that stretches away where you can literally have the car so like the batmobile would look like it's parked in the thing but it's really just a like a matte painting or whatever um oh. that'd be kind of cool off to the side or maybe like a door that slides open so you could see that area i don't know just some thoughts in my mind but yeah the bat cave would be fantastic to do so the bat cave would be awesome this almost made my list i think it's a great call um it's a good franchise that has so many uh ties to uh film history too um with that being said is there a specific like on-screen bat cave you would try to model this after or uh like did you put any thought into that i i don't know i see i would probably want so like that like i said that like depth percepted like painting with the car in the background i think it'd be really cool to do it with the room um from the dark night that like white room dark uh bat cave that he had in the dark night because in terms of that depth perception it would stretch away from you with that white light and everything yeah uh, and the and the contoured lines and stuff that it would stretch away really far uh, or at least look that way and then you could have the tumbler in there but i don't know if i'd want it to be the tumbler because you know this or maybe all the batmobiles are in there you know what i mean um the uh but I don't know which specific Batcave, to be completely honest. Uh, the yeah. um, eight, Batman 89 is a really cool Batcave. I love all the variants of the Batcaves from the Dark Knight trilogy, for sure. Um, and then, uh, yeah, I don't, honestly, I don't know which Batcave that I'd want to go with. Yeah, I think, I think Batman's, uh, or the Batcave is a good one, because you really could mix and match a lot of pieces, too. Um, you'd just have to do them in a smart way. But, uh, yeah, I think it's, you could even do like a comic accurate Batcave, but then include elements from a lot of the movies to just make a really cool, unique sort of space. But uh, yeah, really, really yeah. good idea. Yeah. <laughs> anyway. Um, all right, man. What's your next one? Yeah, it's um, 
it's hard to know what to go with next because I have two picks that could be kind of like a pretty good answer to the Batcave, but I think I'm going to go with my funnier pick next. Uh, the reason I didn't pick uh, Batcave is because I actually chose to go with the Blunt Cave <laughs> from <laughs> Jay and Silent Bob Strike Back and or Jay and Silent Bob Reboot and or uh, Chasing Amy or whatever other uh, peeks into Blunt Man and Chronic that we've gotten out of uh, Kevin Smith's New Jersey Chronicle movies. Um, I love Jay and Silent Bob. I've talked about it a lot. Drew, me and you have talked about, you know, the Jay and Silent Bob movies so much on this podcast. And, uh, you know, Jay and Silent Bob, like, they are characters who appear in, like, a number of really goofy comedy movies. I think some of them are really well done, really well written things. And some of them are kind of really goofy and really slapstick. And I kind of like both corners of that universe. But I think uh, just the idea of, you know, sitting down with a bunch of friends in the Blunt Cave and uh, watching some movies sounds hilarious. And uh, this is a cool one because you can... Overall, it has I think it has to resemble the blunt cave that we see in uh, Jay and Silent Bob Strike Back and or um, uh, Jay and Silent Bob Reboot. Like it really should resemble that sort of look where it has a lot of like purple and uh, lime green used and a lot of those design elements and stuff. But I think you could mix and match like some Mallrats memorabilia and some Clerks memorabilia and mix in like a lot of the different pieces of the kevin smith movies so this is just one i could have a lot of fun with and i love that it's like a comic book movie thing but it's also a comedy movie thing and it's kind of like i think i would get a smile on my face walking into that theater every time and it would be a fun thing to invite people over and you have friends who think it's awesome and then you have other people who don't know even what <laughs> what's going on but it it just seemed like a pretty fun concept overall you know um it does because you could it, it essentially would end up being like a shrine to kevin smith if you will yeah you know, yeah, for sure. um, especially just in terms of being a fan of all of his movies and you can put little Easter eggs and stuff like that and then say, come over and check out my, you know, home theater. Um, but the Blunt Cave, that's just really funny just because of like just looking at that set. They took a like when you look at the movie itself and you see what the Blunt Cave is, it's got a really it's got a lot of. um, They took a lot of care to make that to make it look like what it was, you know, so. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Um, anyway. Thing I think is pretty funny though, Drew is like, if me and you ever like won the lottery simultaneously, which <laughs> isn't gonna happen unless we like went in on tickets together or something. I just think it's funny that you're gonna like spend all this money and set up like your like awesome Bat Cave home movie theater, and then I'm gonna come over and check out you know the space you set up. And then I'm going to set up the exact same thing, exact same layout, but it's going to be the Blunt Cave with Jay and Silent Bob elements. I know. Yeah. <laughs> like the Blunt Cave parody of your home theater. I think that's pretty funny, too. <laughs> yeah. Um, all right. So my final pick of the night. Um, this is there's no real theme to this, because as a movie lover, this is something I've thought of in a, for decades at this point. Um, this is essentially my dream home theater layout idea. This is that thing where you walk down into the basement, you get down there, it's got a really cool room, you got a pool table, you got a bar in the back, 
You have it set up, movie posters all along the walls. Um, but then, so it's got a nice large space to kind of hang out and like have a little party or whatnot. But then on one of the walls has archway doorways. So like there's no doors, it's just archways, right? And then they're all closed off with like black curtains. And between on the on the archway, like in between each of the archways that you would walk through, you could literally mount another movie poster. And then going through those takes you into the theater itself, almost as if you bought a ticket, went down, you you you, you went down to like the speakeasy or whatever, and they just happen to have a theater. And then you walk in, you get the you get the nice curtain along the walls or whatever, but you still have the movie posters and everything. Um, yeah, that like that sound that uh, soundboard curtain that kind of like keeps the sound in and all that stuff that. Uh, uh, I, I'm drawing a blank on the word, the soundproofing, like the, that kind yeah. of stuff. Throw in your um, IMAX certified drywall, and then you have your uh, IMAX certified sound system or THX at that point. I mean, I don't know if THX is still a thing on that aspect because I haven't done research in this in a while. But then you have like, what you do is you have like a good, like maybe 100 inch TV on the wall, right? That's for you to just view if you want to just go down there and watch TV. But you push a button and out of the uh, ceiling rolls down this giant projector screen. So the projector can come from the back. Um, you have the back wall. You have one of the walls has like basically shelved like a library of your entire like hard copy collection. And then you have like your sounds, your system, like all the electronics and stuff behind it. This is something I've thought about for years. Uh, the only thing I haven't really thought about is some of the coloring for like, you know, carpet and paint and all that stuff. But um but that's just like my mental idea of like, hey, this is a home theater and I think it's amazing. This is what I want to do. So I don't know. It it sounds awesome. Um, I kind of I almost matched with you on this, but I decided to do more like finite themes for everything. But I did really think about doing that sort of like just a generic, just like classic movie theater because it's all about, you know, it's all about motion picture history and it's all about having that like really cool spot to enjoy all the movies that you love and you could be watching police academy three or you could be watching citizen kane but it's all awesome and it's all valid because you have like just this really cool space to enjoy all your favorite motion pictures and uh did you put any thought into i and i might have missed this but would you go with more of like a modern theater sort of aesthetic or kind of more of your like classic theater like when it comes to like uh like when you watch last action hero and you have that like old school like classic sort of theater look is that kind of what you would be going for with this um no i'd probably want it to be more modern um, oh fair yeah i i i well so i was the chairs are the hard part because i don't want because i i really feel like when you talk to people about movies and like they go see a movie theater, sometimes people will review the chair that they sat in more than they will talk about the movie that they saw. <laughs> and, and that bugs me. Like, no, that that's probably one of my biggest pet peeves when you're talking movies, especially with some like you and I talk movies. And it's like, like, if you listen to the show, you, you know how we talk movies, right? But every now and then you'll yeah. be at a party and someone like, oh, dude, I just went and saw Oppenheimer. Like, oh, really? What do you think of the movie? And like, well, we got to one of the, we have, you know, you got the big plus chair that can recline back. And I'm like, that's, I didn't ask you about the chair you sat in, <laughs> you know, and people do that. It drives me nuts that they review the chair, but I wouldn't necessarily want the chair to be like recliners. 
so much is I'd want the chairs to be that good, comfortable sit to enjoy and watch the movie, you know? Yeah. Um, so, yeah. Anyway. Okay, fair, fair enough. I, I get that. I, I do think it, like, the uh, classical, like, sort of motif for the, as far as the looks would be really cool, but you could also do a really cool modern thing. Uh, the other thing I wanted to mention is I do like your idea of, and I don't know if this would come into the theater more as just like the room outside of it, but I do like the idea of like the movie poster decorations. Cause I think the idea of like having like framed movie posters on the wall is really cool because you can change them out. And like mm -hmm. maybe you're in the mood where you're really into superhero movies. So those are the posters you display, but then Halloween comes around and it's all horror movie pictures. And then you switch it out for Christmas movies or, you know, maybe you're in like a classic film mode. And I love that idea that you can switch them out, you know? So yeah. Yeah. Good stuff. I, yeah. Re, yeah. Um, I do have some very specific movie posters I would want down there, like favorites and stuff. And I'd probably want to be able to have like all the star Wars ones up just because that would be awesome to like have them all displayed. But um, yeah, this it's just in, in my head, like there's this idea of what it would look like. It comes down to the fact that I would probably have to win the lottery and it would be a ton of money to do, but you build the house around it as opposed to the other way around. <laughs> so yeah. Anyway, nice. uh, what's your final pick of the night, man? Yeah. With uh, something I said a little bit ago, you might've seen this coming, but I went with the Fortress of Solitude. Um, I would love to have a Fortress of Solitude themed movie theater. Um, no surprise to probably anybody listening, but uh, this is another one similar to your Batcave pick where you could pick and choose a lot of different elements and like it's Superman. So you're going to have you're going to have some comic book merchandise, but you have so much when it comes to like the classic Superman serials to the George Reeves uh or show to the Christopher Reeve movies to the um, current DCEU stuff and everything in between. You have so many pieces of just like movie memorabilia that you could display, but it would be really cool if it was presented in that sort of like classic, like, you know, Arctic, like ice palace, however you want to describe it, like the Fortress of Solitude, like the classic one you know and love. And I think that when you go to the Christopher Reeve uh, films, I know that the appearance of the Fortress of Solitude isn't exactly how it's depicted in comics all the time, but I do think that sort of like, you know, those jutting crystals coming out of the ice and making that sort of like almost triangular like huge structure i feel like that is the classic iconic image image that everybody knows and loves so i feel like that will have to be a motif throughout the theater but i do also think that uh you can include some classic comic elements like especially when it comes to the entrance you know like you go down into your basement and you might have like your game room or something maybe kind of something similar to what you were just talking about drew but when it's time to go into the Fortress of Solitude to watch some movies, I think I'm going to have that classic giant key <laughs> sticking into a door on like a, you know, a makeshift like wall that looks like it makes it's made out of ice. Like I'm going to take a replica of the giant key to the forest Fortress of Solitude from the comics to get into this place. But then you get inside and I just think there's so many clever things you could do with uh, just the way it's decorated and stuff. And especially the screen, because I think you can do something that's really akin to the classic Christopher Reeve movies as well, where the screen can kind of look like it's, 
from that sort of Kryptonian crystal technology, you know, like there's so many moments from those Christopher Reeve movies where he'll be like talking to, uh, you know, this like this memory of Jor-El like in one of these like Kryptonian kind of like screen projection things. And you could surround the screen with kind of like these crystalline sort of structures that would make it kind of look like that. And it's going to be really funny <laughs> when you go down there and you're watching like Van Wilder or something projected in, in this like ancient Kryptonian technology or whatever. Like you're watching like some goofy teen comedy on this like Kryptonian screen. But I just think it's like a really cool concept. And if you kind of cover all your bases, there's like some really cool, like immersive sort of stuff you can do with this pick is kind of what I'm thinking. So I'm dude, everything you said was fantastic. I'm glad you brought up the giant key because that's hilarious. Uh, <laughs> Absolutely. But I'll also say I, I'm surprised you didn't say it because the whole time you were talking, all I could think was he's got to have like the the computer panel with the crystals and moving them around accesses the screen or the Blu-ray player or whatever he's like doing. Maybe like he puts one down and then it like sets the crystal in place and then a drawer pops open with the remote. I don't know. Like you got to do something I, with the crystals. Like <laughs> I actually love that. And I think there can be like multiple crystal stations in this uh, facility, but I was kind of thinking like the crystals would be kind of like, in front of and around the screen kind of as more of a decorative thing. But I actually do think it's a cool idea to have like a station with the crystals when it comes to accessing the different, uh, you know, you know, projectors or remotes and stuff like that. That's like a really cool idea as well. Yeah. All right, man. Um, well, that brings us to the end of the list. Um, so next week I'm tossing a year your way. Okay. Um, if that's all right with you. Um, 2015. Okay, we haven't done this one. Yet, Surprisingly, we have not done this one. This one has one of my absolute favorite movies, probably one of my favorite movies of all time from this year. This is also the year that Star Wars came back with The Force Awakens. Uh, this was a big year for movies. Um, so take a look at um, the list. You probably saw everything um, that came out this year. <laughs> so... Um, <laughs> Yeah, fair enough. <laughs> this is this is one that we probably we probably watched. Well, I don't know. When was your son born? Uh, 2019. 2019. So, yeah. All right. So, yeah, you probably saw everything this year, just like I did. Uh -huh. no. <laughs> <laughs> so um, but yeah, I just figured I'd throw a year at you for, you know, just to be different. But um, yeah, I feel like there's a lot of years that we haven't done, but it all comes down to just doing them. So like, you know. There's nothing wrong with tossing all those out there. So, yeah, we're going to do movies from 2015 next year. Next next, next year. Next week. Um, but, yeah. Anything else before we close this one out? No, yeah. It uh, cool. all sounds good. So, cool. <laughs> Everybody, uh, check out our website, top5report.com. There you'll find links to our social media, X, Facebook, Instagram. You can also uh, hit us up on our uh, – you'll also find the link to our email, top5report at gmail.com. Interact with the show. Either place works. We are on Apple Podcasts, iHeartRadio, Google Play, Stitcher, Amazon, Audible. You can subscribe to us in those places. If you do, you will not miss a single episode. You can also leave us a review. We love those five stars, but we understand criticism because it helps us get better and it makes the words we say feel important. Um, you can follow me personally on X and Instagram 
at Drew3927. Peter, what about you? Yeah, uh, you can follow me on X at Ninja Pierre, and that's where I will be submitting to ring cameras my real-life footage of Zoltan and the Continuum Transfunctioner. Excellent. Um, (laughs) I look forward to seeing that footage. Um, All right, everybody. For the Top 5 Report, I'm Drew. Peter. And we'll talk to you next week. Thanks for listening. Thank you.